This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Caraletta. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. And uh, I'm back again from uh, the last episode. I introduced um, the concept of FitChain, the new project I'm uh, I'm working on since uh, the last 14 months. And uh, in this episode, I'm going to, I'm not saying continuing that conversation because uh, I already introduced that platform, but I would like to speak about some of uh, the requirements of uh, what I think should be the machine learning pipeline of the future. And uh, and so there has been a lot of discussion, especially in the last few months, you know, about decentralizing everything and about decentralizing data, decentralizing services, decentralizing banks and, and all, the, all that stuff with, the, uh, you know, with the support of, of blockchain technology. And um, of course, uh, there are already a few attempts to uh, decentralize machine learning, uh, and that's basically, you know, FitChain is also focusing on uh, uh, on a, a few ways to decentralize machine learning. But in this episode, I would like to um, explain why uh, do we want to decentralize machine learning, and uh, what would be the benefits for uh, for humanity uh, after all. So we all have to agree on one undeniable fact about data-driven decisions that are essential to any modern organization characterized by a, a complex business dynamics, right? So there are a lot of organizations out there that in the last 10 years have appreciated a lot the uh, amount of data uh, they have at their disposal, and they actually built empires on uh, on uh, on such huge uh, data sets. And I'm thinking about IT giants uh, like Google, Facebook, Twitter, um, but of course many other organizations are data-driven in a way. So their entire business pipelines are based and supported by uh, the presence of data. Now, of course, it should be quite obvious that uh, the figure of the data scientist has acquired in the years a very central role within these data-driven organizations. But there has been, in my opinion, some kind of um, unbalanced opportunity uh, for the organizations who could collect this amount of data. And and so, you know, this is the classic rich-get-richer model uh, in which companies at the center of the data collection process have become uh, more and more accurate in training their machine learning models, and they have been actually controlling uh, the entire analytics market and, of course, taking advantage of all the benefits of machine learning and machine learning models. They can predict, for instance, what is the next thing that you're going to click, what is the next thing that you're going to buy, what is the best advertisement that you will pay attention to in the next 30 seconds of your internet experience. I can go on and on with all the types of optimizations and customizations uh, that that organizations can do uh, once they have this data. So, you know, there has been a very little effort in democratizing machine learning, at least from the data perspective 
perspective because from the model perspective there has been a lot of improvement in that uh, uh, respect for instance today we have many more public models and machine learning models you know in terms of source code but also executable libraries tensorflow keras all things that are for free they are easily accessible people can uh, write their models much much easier than they could a few years ago but in terms of data, we cannot say the same. So data scientists, I think, should have the possibility to train their machine learning models on data they do not necessarily own uh, nor see. Of course, this opens the door to a plethora of challenges uh, because when you cannot see the data, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, to write a model. Uh, in addition to that, there is the fact that once you train a machine learning model, on private data, on data that nobody can see, how do we trust that model? So, you know, uh, if I am an organization, I train a model on data that nobody else can see except for uh, myself, well, then I claim, hey, I have this model and it's great. Who's gonna believe me? Um, because that model, after all, has been trained on something that nobody could see. This is the number one challenge that, that arises when we think of uh, private machine learning or training machine learning models on private data. I'm not talking about encryption, for instance, because once you encrypt the data or you encrypt the model, which is the, uh, the direction that several startups are taking, it's mathematically very effective, of course, because encryption is mathematically sound, but it's very slow. And in my opinion, it's uh, you know, not feasible, at least with the technology and the hardware that we have today. And also the complexity, the mathematical complexity of these approaches of these encryption algorithms is extremely uh, complex. And you know, we can have orders of magnitude slower models if we train them in, uh, in encrypted state uh, with respect to non-encrypted state. It's, it's not feasible. Uh, orders of magnitude slower means that if you were used to train a neural network in, let's say, three days on a, a couple of GPUs, uh, you know, a few orders of magnitude slower than that could mean months of training on the same hardware. And so, you know, it becomes not feasible, in my opinion. So the approach that FitChain is taking is let's isolate the data and keep training the models on uh, in clear. Of course, there are many challenges there. For instance, one is if you train a model in a private space, what is the reproducibility of that model? So this is something that a lot of researchers have been struggling with for years, uh, the problem of reproducibility. Um, that is, once you have a model, how can I reproduce uh, what, you are, what you are claiming? So this happens all the time in uh, academic papers. Um, you know, when you have a researcher that claims, hey, I have a neural network that uh, performs on the MNIST or whatever data set they used, 95.8% uh, accuracy and uh, it improves at 0. Point something percent with respect to state of the art. Okay, so that, 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 that's what they claim all the time. Okay, so when someone else goes and tries to reproduce that, that, that claim, it's, it's very difficult to find exactly the same um, results because of the data. Uh, maybe data have not been published or they have been pre-processed in a different way. And so the problem of reproducibility is already very hard in, in machine learning. Now imagine when you shut the doors to, to the training data. So when you say, I'm training this model, but you cannot see the, the, the training data. Now, how can we reproduce your claim? You know, so it becomes extremely difficult to reproduce your claim. Uh, 
And so this is something that we have been struggling with. So we believe that by creating a trace as the model gets trained is uh, an important uh, feature of a platform that wants to make a machine learning model reproducible. And so once you have this trace, once you have this, uh, let's say, identity of the model as it gets trained, you know, that model can be verified and uniquely identified and can also be tracked across its entire life cycle from its random initialization to setting the optimal values of its parameters. So this is pretty much what happens, you know, when, when a kid is born. Uh, you know, when the kid is born, uh, his parents will go to the city hall, they kind of declare the kid, okay, they assign a name, they give a name, they give a, um, a date of birth and, uh, and, uh, and the physical appearance, etc. And so, you know, the government makes an identity card, makes a passport, and everyone is allowed to of course, with the appropriate reason, to read that identity card in order to identify that individual uniquely, okay? We can even go through fingerprints and, and uh, whatever biometrics you want to think of. But essentially, what is happening in society is that every individual is identified uniquely. And that's important. The same, I think, should happen for machine learning. And why I'm saying that? Because machine learning models are taking a more and more prominent position in, a, uh, in our life. And so these machine learning models at some point, and this is happening already, so this will be more and more the case, uh, they will take decisions for us or uh, directly or indirectly. And so I believe that if there is an algorithm that takes a decision in, on my behalf, I should identify that algorithm uniquely. Now, uh, keeping track of these, you know, metrics uh, and so building the, um, let's say, the passport, the identity card of a machine learning model, allows one to build also a reputation score for every machine learning model. So the structure, for instance, of a neural network together with its parameters and the reputation score allow one to set also a monetary value to such a model that can in fact be traded as any other asset, generating revenue by performing predictions, much like a human data scientist. In addition to this, there is the last piece of the puzzle, which is the marketplace. So machine learning performed on private data on a global scale definitely requires a marketplace in order to exchange data and models. And in such a data model marketplace, I believe that data owners and data scientists should collaborate in training their machine learning models. This is extremely important because you cannot have a data scientist who drops his source code uh, to the organization, the organization trains, and then the two disappear. Okay, That will never happen. It's always been the case that a data scientist and the data owner together collaborate in building a, a machine learning model and in my opinion they should both you know share the revenue uh, once this machine learning model starts generating revenue and so they should share you know they co-own that piece of software and that piece of software is actually creating value in society and if, the, if that's the case well i believe that both of them should 
take uh, take the benefits. Uh, I'm saying both of them, like the data owner and the data scientist, but actually in a global marketplace, there are there are not just two actors. There might be many of them. For instance, in FitChain, we identified at least three different actors. The data scientist, who provides the machine learning model, the data owner, who provides the data, and then we have, of course, the data curators, who provide the data for validating that model and also the validators who validate the claims by the organization or by the, the whoever trained that model in order to confirm or disprove these claims. So these are all actors that all together cooperate and uh, are together, together they are building a machine learning model, not just the data scientists, not just the data owner, but all together. And of course, in the uh, token curated registry, uh, you know, FitChain will keep an eye on, on all these actors and, and trace them so that uh, once that model starts generating revenue uh, or value in any form, all the actors involved in uh, uh, constructing and building that model will get incentivized. This is what we are building at FitChain, basically this platform that performs two essential tasks if you want to summarize all this. Uh, so during training, uh, FitChain builds the reputation score of the machine learning model that can be traded afterwards. Such a score is calculated from a combination of metrics that are stored currently to the Ethereum blockchain, but they can be stored to pretty much any blockchain technology we have out there. And they get stored via transactions and the code executed by smart contracts. Uh, we refer to such a combination of metrics as the proof of train. And this is something that we store to the blockchain because we don't want anyone to tamper with it. This is the identity card of the model. And you cannot tamper with the identity card because if you do that, you are a criminal. Okay, if you are forging a, a document, you know, that's illegal. And so that's why we rely on blockchain technology because we found how important security is in that respect. And also, we don't want anyone to own that identity. We want everyone to own that identity. As much as it happens in, in, the, in the real world, uh, you think you own your own passport? No, you don't. Not even the government owns that passport. That's the passport that identifies you as a, an individual uniquely, but it's not actually yours. You know, it's it's just a document that is shared with whoever wants to check your identity with a reason, of course. So if a, an officer or, or a government comes to you and says, show me your, your document, you should. Uh, and so uh, and so in that respect, it's like you don't really own the document, but it's at the disposal of society to identify you. And I believe that this is going to happen. This should happen, actually, for machine learning as well. The second essential task that we are developing at FitChain is after the model has been trained, uh, FitChain allows data scientists and data owners and again, all the other actors involved in the building uh, in building that model, they allow these actors to share the parameters of the machine learning model they built, and this will allow them to split the revenue or the value that this model is generated by, you know, uh, once the model starts performing predictions for whoever asks for. And so this is much like in the flavor of uh, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, uh, the DAO approach. This is what we are building. So again, I invite you to check the website, uh, subscribe to the newsletter, or just get in contact with us because we are super excited to 
keep going developing this amazing platform let us know if you guys want to cooperate i would really be glad to share with you what we have so far and go on developing the machine learning platform of the future imagine an organization that wants to unlock the value of their data but their data is too sensitive imagine a data scientist who wants to work on very rare data but she cannot access them with FitChain, organizations and individuals can unlock the value of their data instantly, connecting them to data scientists who have an incentive to work on a solution. No confidential information will ever leave the organization, which, thanks to FitChain, can keep their industrial secrets while enjoying the endless benefits of machine learning. But wait, there's more. Data owners can monetize their data. Data scientists can monetize their models. With a team of experts in AI and blockchain technology, FitChain allows highly regulated environments from domains like healthcare, research and development, and banking to take advantage of machine learning without compromising the thing we value most, confidentiality. Visit FitChain.io and unlock the value of your data. This was Data Science at Home the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceathome.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you still there? Well, let me tell you about the newsletter of Data Science at Home. It's my free digest of the best content in artificial intelligence, data science, predictive analytics, and computer science. Subscribe now, datascienceathome.com.